All right, we are in a new series on the book of Proverbs. Come on, how many of y'all love the book of Proverbs? Such a good book, full of wisdom and common sense. How many of y'all know common sense is a gift, right? We're still waiting for everybody to open that gift, including myself sometimes. How many of y'all can relate? Sometimes you forget to use that gift. All right. If you got a Bible, go to Proverbs chapter four. And as we're kicking off this series, I just, you know, I, I've learned so much through this book and it's such an easy book to find. At a young age, I would open up my Bible and oftentimes right there in the middle as I was opening up my Bible, it would land on Proverbs. And this is where I oftentimes would go to when I had questions about life. Who, what, when, where, how do I react in this situation? What should I say? Proverbs started helping me at a young age. It's such a powerful book that instructs us in really how to find the path of wisdom. And that's what I wanna to preach to you today. If you're taking notes, note takers are history makers, world changers. You could title the sermon, The Path of Wisdom. In Proverbs four, verse five, it says, get wisdom, get understanding. How many of y'all need some more wisdom in your life? All right, we all do. If you didn't raise your hand, we're gonna have an altar call at the end of service. And we will invite all people who need wisdom. Your spouse might be nudging you like, just get down to the altar right now. Do not forget the words or turn away from them, he says in Proverbs 4. In verse 10, he says, listen, my son, accept what I say. The years of your life will increase if you follow the ways of wisdom. So wisdom leads to longer life, right? He says, I'm going to instruct you in a way, a path that will set you up for success. The book of Proverbs truly is a path towards success, a path towards long life, fulfilling life, a life that brings glory to God. He says, when you walk in this path, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction for dear life, right? He says, listen, the world is screaming for your attention and trying to get you to deviate and get you distracted and pull you off the path of wisdom. In fact, Solomon likens wisdom, he, uh, throughout the book of Proverbs, he, he likens it to a female, not saying that females have more wisdom than men, but for whatever reason, he named wisdom a woman. He said, she speaks, she cries out in the streets. Sometimes ladies probably do have more wisdom than us men. Can we give it up for the ladies in the room? Let's just cheer them on, they're awesome, all right. My wife is oftentimes reminding me of the common sense of the book of Proverbs. But he says this, he says, don't set foot on the path of the wicked. He also likens the opposite of lady wisdom to lady folly. He says, there is this other path that's after your life. There's, there's the path of wisdom and then there's the path of foolishness. He says, avoid this path of folly. Don't get near it, don't travel on it. It'll, it'll steal years from your life. In some ways it will kill you before you even realize it. It's a trap, it's a snare. He says, be focused on the path of wisdom. Everybody say, the path of wisdom. In Proverbs 1, verse 20, I'm gonna give you all a lot of Proverbs in this series. He says, wisdom cries out at the intersections of life. She raises her voice in the public square. The other day I was driving and I came across the intersection and it was green, which, how many of y'all know what a green light means? Go. So I was like, let's do this. But as soon as I was getting close to the intersection, it turned yellow. What does yellow mean? We got mixed reviews going on here. Some people are like, speed up, bro, let's do this. 
you know. How many of y'all speed up at the yellow light? It says a lot about the personalities in the room. How many of y'all are the slow down at the yellow light? Where's, more, where's the people that slow down? You guys were, you loved Ashley's sermon on patience. You're like, yes, I rule at patience. All right, what does red light mean? Stop, right? So, so Proverbs says that wisdom cries out at these intersections. So for the graduates in the room, you're at an intersection. You're like, what do I do next? Do I sign back up? Do I go get my master's, my doctorate? Do I take this career path? Do I accept this position? Do I marry this person? And all of these decisions that we're faced with, do I put my kids in this school? Do I continue in this relationship? What do I do? I'm noticing some red flags. I'm noticing some yellow flags, Paul. What should I do? And really that is what Proverbs is about, answering the question. Everybody say this with me, what should I do? I'm glad you asked that. Proverbs tells us what we should do. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that we would leave today wiser than we walked in. I pray, God, that you would help us not just to hear the words of wisdom, but Lord, to apply the words of wisdom. God, start with me. I pray, Lord, that you would continue just to direct our steps. God, that we would bring glory to you with each choice we make, each day that you've given us, that it is a gift. Lord, help us to cherish it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thank you so much, worship team. So the other day, it was our son's birthday. He turned five and he loves receiving gifts. How many of y'all love receiving gifts? Okay, and um, he, he loves to give gifts too, but he's probably more on the side of receiving gifts are exciting than, than giving gifts. And I actually really enjoy when I get a gift for one of our kids or for someone, for my spouse, for Ashley, um, that, that they need, that no one else is getting them this gift, that we got them the gift they really needed and they wanted and they've been waiting for. And I get excited to watch them open that gift, right? So, so last week, we got Mac a gift. He had been waiting for it. He opens it. He loves it. He's playing with it. We're like, yes, this is exciting. I think our Father in heaven gets excited when we use the gifts he's given us, right? Like the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's like, yes, the church is walking in the gift of the Holy Spirit. They are using that gift and the gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues is still for today. It is operational for believers to receive and to walk out. The gift of faith, right? You're sitting in a room that was really built by a group of people that rose up with a gift of faith to believe that God had called us to start this church 40 years ago, debt-free now as a ministry with the Dream Center and a school and a college and a camp. Can we give it up for the people that were walking in the gift of faith to believe God could do something supernatural? But then there's that one gift, and I think you know where I'm going with this. And he's like, hey, there's that one gift you still haven't opened up yet, the gift of common sense. The gift of wisdom. And I think sometimes he's up there in heaven. He's like, don't forget about that gift. I know you love speaking in tongues. I know you love to prophesy, but don't forget about the gift of wisdom. How many of y'all think that's a good gift for us to open up and use on a daily basis? So, so Mac, he asked us after he was opening the gift, we're watching him play with it. He said, hey, will you guys um, take me out to eat? We were like, okay, Mac, yeah, we'll take you to eat. So we took him to dinner, just me and Ashley and him. And this was last Saturday night. And he goes, after dinner, he's like, can we do one more gift, one more gift? And we were like, what do you want? He's like, I've really been wanting to go to Urban Air. My whole life, I've been wanting to go to Urban Air. 
for a long time I've been praying. You know, like he's been wishing for urban air, which is this, you know, fun, like ninja warrior, trampoline, indoor play place for kids. How many of y'all have been to urban air? You, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So lots of ball pits. I don't know if they clean all the ball pits, but it's, it's, it's a great spot. So we go there and there was this balance beam and Mac gets on this balance beam. I don't know if this is a wise decision or not. <laughs> he gets up there and he, like this kid is just, he is on the balance beam. He's like, dad, come out here. Let's joust with each other. They have like these jousting things where you can knock each other off the balance beam. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the Ninja Warrior stuff. So, so I'm like, uh, I'm okay, Mac. I don't want to rip my jeans. I don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> you know, so he, he's out there. Um, Mike Todd's kids were there. There was a bunch of kids there playing out there at Urban Air. And, and they're on the balance beam. And I watched as these kids we're doing like crazy acrobatics on the balance beam, like literally cartwheels. And because they knew if I fall, I fall into a place of soft, like texture, you know, balls and stuff that, that I'm not going to get hurt. So they had no fear. Everybody say no fear. They were fearless as they were out there and they were doing their thing. And it got me thinking about the Olympic athletes and these Olympic athletes that get up on this balance beam right? And, and, and they do amazing feats. And I'm watching as these kids do this and they're living with no fear. Now, living with no fear is a good thing, but also sometimes can be a foolish thing, right? Because there is a healthy fear you and I are supposed to have. In the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 9, verse 10, it says, the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. Okay, so in Proverbs, we're going to find out this, that the path towards wisdom is not living a fearless life, but it's knowing who to fear. The path of wisdom is not living a life of, I'm gonna do what I wanna do, it's knowing whose opinion really matters. Whose advice am I really supposed to be following? Who should be directing my life? If your life was a movie, who is the director? Who owns the script? Who has the ability to, to edit things, to change things? And in the book of Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with half of your heart. Give him a portion of the script of your life. Let him be in charge of half of the movie. No, he says all of it. Everybody say all of it. Why did he say that? Because he knew that the path towards wisdom requires full trust, full surrender, complete release of control, and the rights of where your life goes if you really want to see success. You cannot be successful apart from the will of God. This is what he said. Now, you go, well, Paul, didn't Solomon have 700 wives? Yes, he did. And that wasn't very wise. Solomon married a lot of women, had a lot, like this man had, a, had way too women, way, way too many women on his hands. But before he got into that mess, and you go, why did he marry so many? Like if he had the wisdom of God, what was he doing that for? So before that happened, if you were to read the story of Solomon, the son of King David, when his father was dying, God said, Solomon, I'm gonna give you the throne of your father, David, and I will give you anything you ask. So you could ask for the heads of all your enemies. By the way, if God was to say, I will give you anything you ask for, what would you ask for? Well, like most of us would start thinking, I asked this to my kids the other night. I was like, what would you ask for if God would give you anything? One of them was like, I want candy all over me. I want it up to the sky. I want to be swimming in candy. The other one was like, I want Takis. Do you guys know what Takis are? Spicy chips. 
So we got a spicy kid. His name is Mac. He's like, um, I want Takis all over my room, all the way up to this. I want the Lord to bless me with as much Takis as possible. I'm like, that's your, that's your one prayer? That's your wish? The other kid, he was like, I want a tree house like Swiss Family Robinson. I want, I want a tree. And so it was just funny listening to him. But imagine if you're like Solomon and God says, I'll give you anything you ask for. What would you ask for? Solomon could have asked for anything. This is before he was married. But he asks God, he says, Lord, I want wisdom so I can lead your people well. And the Lord blessed Solomon with wisdom beyond his wildest dreams. Solomon was the wisest king. Now, as time went on, Solomon started making some foolish decisions. You can have all the wisdom from God and yet still make some foolish decisions. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You can have access to all the wisdom from God and yet still follow your own foolish desires. That's where Solomon was at. But he wrote the book of Proverbs during, after, and before some of the foolish decisions that happened in his life. And throughout this book, we see it is a warning for you and I to really find the path of wisdom and to stay on that path. There was a song that came out by a country singer many years ago, Brad Paisley, and the song was called Letter to Me. In this song, he wrote, I wish I could go back 20 years 20 years ago, if I knew then what I know now, I would listen to my dad more. I would, I would obey my mom more. Come on, all the parents say amen. He said, I wouldn't date that one girl. How many of y'all, if you could go back 20 years, you would probably make some different decisions or you would tell yourself, don't go down that path. Don't take that, don't, don't send that text. Don't make that call. Don't go out with that guy. Don't do that thing. If I could go back, here's what wisdom does. Wisdom saves us from making foolish decisions. Ultimately, it saves us from wasting time in our lives. The truth is life is like an hourglass glued to the table. You can't turn it over and start again. We can't get back our high school years. We can't get back our childhood years. But from this day forward, we can choose to get wisdom. Every Wednesday in Oklahoma, there's this sound that happens. And I want you to just play the sound. I think you guys will recognize it. The sound comes on on Wednesdays in, in Tulsa, especially. And um, it's a loud siren. If you've got it, go ahead and play it. There it is. How many of you guys hear this sound on Wednesdays? Get it loud. I want it to be really loud. And every Wednesday at noon, they play this siren. Play it again, yeah. And what is that, what is that sound? Tornado warning, right? And Oklahoma's trying to prepare us that Twister 2 is coming out soon. No, no, no. They're trying, okay, you can turn it off. People are getting scared. They're like, what do I do? Do I go in a stairwell? Where's the bathtub? You know? But they're trying to prepare us that this is the sound to listen for that tornadoes will come. It's not a question of if they will come, they will come. But if we are prepared, we can save ourselves from a lot of calamity that could happen. If we are prepared, we know what shelter to run to when that tornado is about to come. And the book of Proverbs is a warning to prepare us for the future situations we're gonna face. Some of them are inevitable in our life. What to do when you find yourself in situations that you're like, I don't know what to do here. Do I, do I get revenge or do I not? Do I get angry? Do I answer an angry person here? How do I react to this situation? What do I do when there's a lot of flattery happening from this person and a lot of affirmation? How do I avoid certain paths? And the book of Proverbs is a warning. Everybody say warning. warning. 
It's a warning. It's a warning to say, get on the right path and stay on this path. I remember going to my brother John's birthday when he was 17, and, um, and he had this pool party at my parents' house. And um, one of his friends got up on the diving board and was like, hey, guys. And we all looked at him. He's like, you want me to do a gainer? And we were like, okay, do y'all know what a gainer is, by the way? You guys want me to show you what a gainer is? <laughs> no, I'm not going to hurt myself. That would be a foolish decision. Um, but a gainer is when you run forward and then you jump backwards. You do like a backflip running forwards and try to land in the water. So we were like, have you ever done one before? He was like, no. We were like, don't do it. But he decides to get up on the diving board. He runs forward. He's like, let's do this. Jumps in the air. Everything's going good until when he starts to land, he, his head smacks into the diving board. And he gets, like, his head starts bleeding, falls into the pool. My parents run over there. They start bandaging up his head. They're like, don't do that again. He was like, okay, thanks, Pastor Billy Joe. He's sitting over on this side. He's just watching us swim. We're like, are you okay? He's like, I'm going to be all right. The show must go on. <laughs> so about 20 minutes later, I kid you not. By the way, when you make a mistake, you're not a failure. It's not a failure to mess up. It's a failure when you repeat the same mistake over and over and over again. Wisdom says learn from it. Don't live in it. Just learn from it. Your past is not a destination. It's an education. You learn from it. Well, I guess he just wasn't too far from that past to learn from it because he gets up and he goes, y'all ready for round number two? We were like, no, don't do it. Everybody say, don't do it. He was like, y'all ready for this? We were like, no. He's like, the show must go on. We were like, no, it's not a show, bro. It's your life. And sometimes I want to warn people. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't jump back into that relationship. Don't, don't hit, you know, reply in the situation. Don't do it. But he disregarded all of our warnings. And this is what happens sometimes in our lives. We disregard all the warnings. And he runs off that diving board for the second time. He does the gainer, and I kid you not, he lands on the same place on the diving board, hits his head, blood in the pool. <laughs> and my dad was like, that's it, the pool is closed. Nobody, you know, he was, and the bro, he gets out of the pool, he's like, sorry guys. We were like, bro, we tried to save you from that pain. This is what Proverbs is for. It's to save us from making these decisions that are not only hurting us, but can hurt others in the process. And this is the goal of Proverbs. If you're taking notes, you can just write this down. The goal of the book of Proverbs is to give us instructions for life, to give us knowledge beyond our education, to give us common sense through correction. The Lord corrects those he loves. So, so the book of Proverbs is to give us correction, direction, and instruction. To help us get off the path of foolishness and to get on the path of wisdom. In getting wisdom, it's not enough to just hear it and read it. We've got to apply it. And when we apply wisdom, here's what it leads to. If you're taking notes, the benefits of applying wisdom will lead to protection. How many of y'all want to be protected in life? protected from dangerous situations, protected from calamity, protected from the wrong relationships. We pray for protection, but sometimes we wait to pray for it until after we've done what we wanna do, right? We're like, I got myself in a mess. Lord, will you protect me from the mess I got myself into? 
And the Lord's going, wisdom will deliver you before you get in that mess. It will protect you from it if you'll listen to it. Wisdom, the benefits of it will lead to health, right? So I wish sometimes Proverbs would call me right before I'm going to Whataburger at 10 p.m. And like, hey, Paul, this is Proverbs 11, verse 2, just reminding you, don't eat Whataburger at 10 p.m. You will regret it tomorrow. Don't get the Krispy Kreme dozen right now. Proverbs calls out at the intersections of life, calls out at the intersection of Whataburger and Krispy Kreme and says, save your body, right? The benefits of wisdom, it leads to a good reputation. It leads to long life. Honor your father and mother and you will live long and prosper. The benefits of wisdom leads to wealth and success. God's desire for you is not to be the borrower your whole life. This is why I love the class we offer here at Victory, Financial Peace by Dave Ramsey, right? Because the path of wisdom really does lead to financial peace. How many of y'all could use some financial peace in your life? Okay, how many of y'all would like to walk in some greater wealth in your finances? Like you wanna be a bigger blessing to, to your family and your community. That's the goal, like God gave us the book of Proverbs so that we could walk in victory in each area of our life. When we follow these words of wisdom, we will begin to see health in each area. We'll begin to see God's provision, his protection. The book of Proverbs also gives us the cure towards sound sleep which I think is interesting that God, God cares about your sleep. He cares about you sleeping well. All right, so we're gonna look at one specific proverb this week in Proverbs 29, verse 25. And in this one, we're gonna focus on one principle from the word of God in the book of Proverbs. In verse 25, it says, fearing people is a dangerous trap. The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Sounds so simple, and yet it is so complex. Because the truth is, many of us, whether we realize it or not, have fallen into the trap of fearing what people think about us. I was talking about those Olympic athletes, and, 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 and I was thinking about how they oftentimes, they get up on that balance beam, and they forget about everyone else in the room. And they get up on that beam, and they start doing amazing stuff. Now, I'm not going to try to copy it for you today because I would hurt myself in many ways. But they get up there and they forget about who's in the room. But imagine if those Olympic athletes started looking at you and me and started watching those cameras that are on them all across the room, ESPNs, zooming in, ABC, NBC, Fox, all these channels are zooming in on them. And imagine if they got afraid of what we thought and what those people thought. And this is what happens with so many people. When Peter was walking on water towards Jesus, he was doing something supernatural. By the way, God created you and I to live in the supernatural realm. He didn't call us to live constantly in the boat of fear, of, of, of fear of failure, fear of what people think, fear that we're not good enough, fear of being unqualified, insecure, unworthy. No, God wants his church to be bold as a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. So Peter's walking on water, but as soon as the wind and waves happen, what did he do? He started sinking. And imagine if those Olympic athletes, out of the fear of what people thought, got down on that beam, and they were like, oh no, people are watching me. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to lay here. I'm going to cling to the beam. This is my safe place. As long as I don't do anything, nobody can be upset with me. Nobody will be offended at me. Nobody will think anything about me. 
By the way, if you don't want criticism, just do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. Because life is full of criticism, even when you're doing the right thing. But so many people are clinging to the beam of life out of the fear of man. And then those Olympic athletes, they get up and they do this. And we're all clapping. And imagine if you do this in heaven, you're like, God, I didn't do anything. I stayed still my whole life. Nobody criticized me. I didn't post anything on social media. I wasn't offensive. I obeyed Dr. Fauci. I did what the government wanted me to do. I'm sorry. I lived for the approval of what everyone else wants me to do. I didn't want to offend anybody. I didn't graduate college because I didn't want anyone to think that I was trying to be better than them. I didn't start that company. I never started that connect group because what if nobody showed up? I didn't witness in the workplace because what if people rejected me? I didn't post scriptures on social media because what if people unfollowed me? And what if their comments were mean? So God, here I am. And God's like, Who were you living for? Whose approval really matters? Who was directing your life here? Well, I I had to please the crowds. I had to please the people. I didn't realize I was trapped in the fear of man until I became a pastor. That's when I realized that I needed to get set free. By the way, I'm coming up on 10 years of being the pastor now, Victory, this next year. And it's an honor that Ashley and I stepped into this almost 10 years ago. But prior to pastoring, I was, I was pastoring our college ministry and our Saturday night services. And, um, and, and I remember the first week I stepped in as pastor. This guy came up to me, and I kid you not, I'm shaking hands in the back. I was so insecure. Y'all are like, you're still a little insecure. Okay, I know. But I was really insecure. And I was like shaking hands. I was like, I hope but somebody says good sermon, you know. <laughs> I, was like, I was so thirsty for people's affirmation. I was, I was bad. But I'm like shaking hands. This guy comes up to me, and he, he says this. He goes, I loved your dad. I was like, me too. He's like, I loved your mom. I was like, she's still alive. <laughs> she's right over there. And he goes, I'm leaving. And I go, you coming back next week? He goes, no. I go, why not? He goes, because you're not my pastor. I said, why? And he goes, because I don't want you to be my pastor. And I was like, man, I was like crushed. I was so crushed I was, because I was in such a needy place. I was so insecure. I needed this man's approval. And I said, well, I can try to be your pastor. What do you need? What are you looking for? Like, I could try to be a copy of whoever your favorite preachers are. Who's your favorite preachers? He's like, Jensen Franklin. I was like, I could be a good second-rate copy of Jensen Franklin. You know? I'll spray my hair a little gray and, like, just slick it back and play, play a saxophone and preach and stuff. He's like, well, I like John Hagee. I was like, I, I could be, like, a copy of John Hagee. He's like, I like Bishop T.D. Jakes. I was like, I can't be as good as Bishop T.D. Jakes. He's like, I really liked your dad. I was like, I, I got a pair of my dad's shoes. My mom gave me a pair of my dad's shoes after he passed. I was like, I can wear his shoes. I can put on the, the suit and tie, comb my hair over. I can preach with a little Arkansas accent. Like, I, can, I just need your approval, man. Like, I didn't realize I was so trapped that I needed this man to stay in our church to feel good about myself. And the Lord set me free that night when he left. Because he's like, there's nothing you could do that would make me want to stay. 
And that was the biggest blessing that I needed in that moment. Because the Lord showed me something. The Lord showed me something. The fear of man is a trap. It is the spirit of Jezebel that people will hand their souls over to the control of another person. That I've got to live for the approval. People think Jezebel's spirit was some sexual seducing spirit. And it had sexual morality connected to it. But the main part of the Jezebel spirit was control. It was all about manipulation and control. I'm going to control you. And be careful because sometimes people will control you with flattery first. But here I was, I was in this trap. And I was thinking I need certain people in order to feel like I'm on the path, not just of wisdom, but the path of success. That if this guy leaves the church, I'm, I'm toast. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm unqualified. And God showed me something. His thoughts didn't shape you, so don't let his thoughts break you. His thoughts did not create you. He's not the one who qualified you, so stop letting man disqualify you. The fear of man is a Venus trap. It will suck you in. It looks pretty at first, but the closer you get to it, it is going to eat you alive. And you will live. Whatever you do to keep someone's approval, you'll have to do over and over. You'll become a slave to their control. So I'm a yes man. i got to say yes to everybody because if I say no, I'm going to let them down. And I'm now living, clinging to the beam of the fear of man. And it's a trap. And it's robbing you of the freedom of living for God. How do you know when you've got the fear of man? I, I started posting our sermons on, t on TV and on, on, on YouTube. And someone came to me. They said, Paul, have you checked your approval ratings? I was like, what? What, what are you talking about? They were like, you know, on TV, shows have approval ratings. I was like, it's not a show, it's church. We're putting the sermons on, on TV. And they were like, yeah, but you can actually find out how many eyeballs are watching and when they change the channel, when they turn off. I was like, really? When, well, when did they turn off? He's like, well, you were saying something good, but then they changed the channel five minutes in. I was like, what did I do wrong? They were like, that's what we're going to figure out. We're going to help you figure out how to keep their attention. Y'all, God set me free from that mess. That is just a bunch of mess. That's the Christian word for it. <laughs> but I was on YouTube, and I was following YouTube, and, and our sermons were reaching people. People were reaching out from all over the world going, man, I'm getting saved through victory. I'm getting set free through the sermons. And then I looked underneath the video, and there's a place for a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Show the picture of this so you can see it. I didn't care about the 244 thumbs ups. I cared about the two people that left during the sermon. I, I cared about the two people that gave me this. I, I called our IT guy. I said, can you find out who those two thumbs down guys? He's like, it's anonymous. You can't find it. I was like, just find their IP address. He's like, what are you going to do with that? I was like, I'm going to go to their house. I'm going to knock on the door and say, what do you not like about me, man? He's like, you're crazy, Paul. It's like, it doesn't matter if they come or go. If people can leave, let them leave. He said, by the way, if everybody likes you, you may not be preaching the truth because people hated Jesus. He got a whole lot of thumbs downs from the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the religious people who couldn't stand him hanging out with sinners. Sometimes you need the IT guy to preach to you. But he was like, let him go, man. I go, yeah, I just need to know who those thumbs down people are. You don't know that you're trapped in the fear of man until you watch someone that you needed their approval walk away or they get quiet. And sometimes silence is just as bad as saying something. 
How do you know when you're living with the fear of man? There was a book that came out from Ed Welch called When People Are Big and God is Small. The title alone is chilling because you realize I've made people a God. I've made the approval of man bigger than the approval of God. And he asks these probing questions. He says, do you often need something from other people? Do you, do you crave compliments? I'm like, snap, I'm already in there. He says, are you ever afraid of being exposed as an imposter? Are you overly concerned with how you look, how much you weigh, how you're dressed, and if people compliment your clothes, your hair? Are you, do you feel painfully unappreciated at work? Nobody notices what I do for them around here. Nobody cares how much I work for this family, how much I work for this job. Do you feel painfully unappreciated in your house? Do you make excuses for your mistakes? It's not my fault. It was them. They're the ones that did it. Do you justify bad behavior, shifting blame because you can't handle the thought of failing in front of people? Do you show favoritism to someone specific because you crave their approval? I got, we got we to help that one family because we really need them. We really need their approval. Are you overcommitted, a hard time saying no? I can't let anybody down. Do you get easily embarrassed? I used to get easily embarrassed by my parents' laughs because my dad had this laugh. He was like, ha, ha! And my mom had this laugh. And I was like, dad, mom, your laughs. People are making fun. And my mom was like, I don't care. I was like, well, I care. I'm your son. She was like, get over it. The older you get, you just stop caring what people think about you. Thank God. We all need to grow up a little bit out of our insecurity. But I've even been around at times older people who are afraid of losing the approval of their kids. And I've realized that sometimes we got we to realize that parenting is not a popularity contest. That our goal is not to be liked. Our goal is to raise up mighty men and women of God. There were times I did not like my dad. I, I mean, I loved him. But I would get upset because he would correct me. He wasn't trying to be my buddy. He wasn't trying to win the approval contest of Paul David Darty. He was trying to correct me to be the man God had called me to be. And as parents, we can't aim to be approved by everyone all the time. Well, this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. There's always going to be a herd. And I'm talking about a herd like cattle. When one cow starts moving, the all, all the other cows go, moo. They all move with that one. It's the herd. And oftentimes, people are driven by what the herd is doing. Well, all the other parents are doing this. Well, Paul, this is where all the other churches are going. This is how the trend of, yeah, but I want to stay true to the word of God. I don't want to just follow the trends of the pastors of America in 2023 because they are here today and gone tomorrow. But there is a word of God that outlasts every president, every pastor on earth, every trendy idea. I want to follow, like, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands eternal. So real quickly, three ways that we can live on the path of wisdom, that we can get on the path of wisdom. Number one, renew your mind to the word of God. There are two ditches that people get into. The ditch of the fear of man, and this is like obsessed with other people's approval and opinions, and I gotta be pleasing to everybody. And then people can swing to this far pendulum over here and they can go, forget these people. I'm going to do what I want to do. And we become obsessed with our own opinion. And this is just as destructive, possibly even more. Because it's the disregard for humanity. It's the disregard for God. 
I'm going to sleep with who I want. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to text what I want. I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to be who I want. I'm going to define my gender, my identity, because I love my opinion. And I'm telling you, that is just as dangerous, if not more destructive, than the path of the fear of man. And you go, well, Paul, which ditch am I supposed to? You're supposed to get out of both ditches and get into the fear of God and the word of God that sets you free from the traps of your own opinion and your own ego and everybody else's opinion and trying to please them. All right, the keys need to come up because we need to go into worship here. Everybody say, renew your mind. Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I've got to stop thinking about what everyone else is thinking about me because the truth is not everyone else is thinking about me. <laughs> I think sometimes we think people are thinking about us way more than they are. And, and here's the answer. People aren't thinking about you. Way, like not even close to how much you think they're thinking. By the way, their thoughts didn't create you, so don't let their thoughts shape you. God is the one that created you. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says we are created in his image. We are the masterpiece of God. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared in advance for us before we were even born. God had a plan for you before anyone else had a plan for you. So even if your parents say you're a mistake, God says you're here on purpose because you have a purpose. If your friends and your classmates say you're one thing, you need to renew your mind. What does God say about me? What does God's word say about my life? If I'm gonna walk in a path of wisdom, I need to renew my mind. See, Gideon was a guy in the Bible that God was gonna use, but Gideon was insecure. I'm so glad that there's stories in the Bible I can relate to. (laughs) Gideon saw himself as the weakest, the youngest, the least likely, unqualified. I got a past. I'm the wrong guy. And God shows up to Gideon and says, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. What's he doing? He's pulling him out of the ditch of what labels Gideon's been living in. Gideon's like, "I, I, I think you got the wrong guy because according to my opinion, God says, I didn't ask for your opinion. Gideon, you are a mighty warrior, anointed and appointed for your generation to lead your nation out of captivity, out of darkness and into light. You know what Romans 8 says about you and I? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The blood of Jesus has washed away your sins. You know what else Romans 8 says? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. If God is for you, who can be against you? We are more than conquerors because of what Christ has done for us. You know what else God says about you? He says you've been adopted into the family of God. Ephesians chapter one says you've been blessed with every heavenly blessing from above. Get your mind out of the gutter of what people are thinking and what you're thinking and what everyone else is telling you. Get renewed to the word of God. Gideon had to see himself the way God saw him. Number two, trust completely in God's love and his validation for you. My mom used to worship on stage she was the worship leader here, and she used to do these dances. We called them the Sharon Shake. And she was like, I'm going to take it back. Bum, bum. I'm going to take it. It was like a little Michael Jackson mixed with, like, Whitney Houston mixed with Carmen. I mean, it was awesome. The Sharon Shake. And I was like, Mom, this is embarrassing. Because I'm like this stupid, insecure kid. And, you know, she was like, I'm not embarrassed. I was like, yeah, but I'm embarrassed. She was like, get over it. (laughs) She's like, I'm going to worship God 
freely the way he made me to be. The blessing of God is not on the fake version of you. It's on the authentic, genuine, share and shake version of you. Like you need to be free to be who God made you to be. We need to stop trying to find our validation by what the front row thinks. No offense to the front row or the back row, whatever row. People have come up to me and they're like, Paul, so-and-so is in the room. Don't say anything controversial. And that happens to be the Sunday that I'm saying the most controversial stuff. And it probably is today. They're like, do you know who's here? I also know whose opinion really matters. I know who I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to the audience of one up there. And I love you, but I love his approval more. If I'm obsessed with your approval, I can't love you genuinely. Because now I need something from you. So whatever I do has hidden motives. The second I don't need anything from you, I can love you truly. Raymond knows this. I can love him with genuine love because I don't need his approval. I know when he gives an approval to me, I'm thankful. When he says, Paul, you're doing good, I'm thankful. But even if he doesn't, my heavenly father has called me and qualified me, not because of how good I am in your eyes, but because I'm a child of God in his eyes. And he's called you and he's qualified you. And the world may not always understand, but the second my mom stopped living for everyone's approval, she could shake how she wanted to, she could sing and worship freely. The second my dad stopped living for everyone's approval, he was like, we're going to Russia. People are like, pastors aren't going to Russia. He's like, well, I'm not like every other pastor. We're going to do missions. We're going to start a dream center. We're going to be a multicultural church. Well, you can't do that because Billy Joe, you're, you're like, you're not the right guy. And he's like, it doesn't matter what you think of. It matters what God has spoken to, what his word has called us to do. And when I trust in the validation and the love of God, when I fear you less, I can love you more. We're free to love people the way that God loves us. You don't need the approval of everybody to succeed at who God has called you to be. Number three, walk in the fear of the Lord. How do I get on the path of wisdom? I let the fear of the Lord become my chief aim. Now, the fear of God doesn't mean afraid of God. I'm not afraid of God. I'm not like, ah, I'm so scared of God. I, I care so much about pleasing God. Now, you can't earn God's love. His love was given to you freely. You can't, you can't do anything to try to get rid of it or make it increase. He loves you all the time. Nothing can separate you from his love. But that doesn't mean he's always pleased with your behavior. I love my kids, but when they are fighting and screaming and saying things they shouldn't say, I'm like, why would I go, hey, I love that. Keep going. Keep treating each other terrible. No, as a dad, I'm like, hey, I love you, but you can't talk like that. You can't treat your brother like that. You can't treat your sister like that. We're going to change that. We're going to correct that because a loving parent does not always cheer for every single behavior that comes from a child. A loving parent says, hey, what you're doing is hurting you. And if I let you keep doing that, it's going to hurt a lot of other people too. So a loving parent says, I love you no matter what, but I want you to please my heart because I know what's best for you. And your father in heaven says, I've got plans for you that are good. 
And that's why I want you to please aim to please God above everyone else. Imagine if you could get up on that balance beam and you didn't care what anyone else thought. You didn't care what you thought. You were living with the approval of God and you were aiming to please him. You could do things that are beyond your wildest dreams. This is how Peter walked on water because he got his eyes fixed on the approval that really matters. So you get set free from lawlessness, doing whatever you want to do, or legalism, being bound by what everyone else tells you to do, and you start living in the fear of the Lord. So Paul the Apostle says this in Galatians chapter 1. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I could not serve Christ. He goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 3, it matters very little to me what you think of me even less where I rank in popular opinion amongst the preachers. He says, I don't even rank myself. Comparisons in these matters are pointless. I'm not aware of anything that would disqualify me from being a good guide, but that doesn't mean much. The master is the one who makes the final judgment. So let's not get ahead of the master and jump to conclusions about ourselves or others with judgments before the evidence has come in. When the master returns, he will bring out into the open and place in evidence all kinds of things we don't even know about. Inner motives, purposes, prayers we've never heard. Only then will any one of us get to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Would you stand your feet all over this place? Paul was speaking about living for God's approval. 19 times in the book of Proverbs, it says, Fear God. The beginning of wisdom is fearing the Lord. The path towards wisdom is aiming to please God. Solomon realized that all the political wisdom he had did not compare to the wisdom that came from God. By the way, the reason Solomon married 700 wives was not just because he was obsessed with sexual pleasure. He wanted control and he wanted alliances with other countries. So he thought to himself, if I marry the daughter of Pharaoh... I'll have favor with Egypt. What Solomon forgot is that the favor he walked in never came from a king on earth. So he married the daughter of Iran's leader at the time. He married the daughter of Saudi Arabia. He thought, as long as I marry all of these women and I'm connected to the families, who you go into covenant with matters. Who you go into covenant with matters. And he thought, if I have covenants with all of these kings and their daughters then I'll have protection in Israel and Israel will be blessed. What Solomon forgot until the end of his life was that the blessing and the favor of God didn't come from a covenant with the person here on earth. It came from his father in heaven. And he came back to his senses at the, book, at the end of Ecclesiastes. He says, I've realized that at the end of our life, what matters the most is to fear God above all else to look towards him. You have a covenant with God. The same covenant he made with Abraham, he's making with you. He's saying, I will bless you. Choose this day who you will serve. I will bless you. If you follow God's word, you will see his blessing in your life. Let's just close our eyes all over this room. God, I just pray for every single person here today that we would walk in your path. God, that we would see your glory in our lives. God, that we would see your kingdom come, your will be done. God, I pray, Lord, that you would break off a spirit of control, the spirit of Jezebel, God. I pray that you would break off every distracting spirit that's been pulling men and women off the path that you've got them on, the path that you've called them to walk on. I thank you, Lord, that from this day forward, we can choose to walk in the path of wisdom. 
Here's what I want us to do with every head bowed, eye closed. If you're here today and you're facing decisions where you just need the wisdom of God right now, you just need God's wisdom in your life. If that's you, just raise your hand all over this room. You're like, man, I, I really need God's wisdom right now. I need his wisdom. There's some big things I'm facing. There's some stuff I'm, I, I just need the wisdom of God in my family, in my finances, in my career, with some people, with some situations. I need to see from God's vantage point. Secondly, you're here today and you go, Paul, I'm not right with God. The wisest thing you can do is give your heart to Jesus. The, the greatest first step of wisdom is to surrender your heart, to repent of your sins and say, Jesus, I need you. If you're here today and you need to do that, just lift your hand up all over this room. Come on, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of forgiveness. Today is the day of his mercies. New this morning for your life. If you raised your hand for either of those, would you come and join me down at this altar today? And let's just ask the Lord. James in the Bible says, anyone who asks for wisdom, God will give it to him. Just leave your seat. Come and find a place at this altar. Maybe you want to come down right at the front of this stage and just get on your knees and say, Lord, I need your wisdom. God, I need your understanding. We're just going to worship God right now all over this place. And I invite anyone who wants to come down to this altar today to get wisdom from heaven. God says, if you ask for it, I'll give it to you. If you cry out for wisdom, he'll pour it out on you. That spirit of wisdom will come upon you. Let's just begin to worship God. Let's fix our focus on him. He's our author, the finisher of our faith. God, I want your wisdom. Lord, I need your wisdom. God, I'm asking for your wisdom, your understanding, God. My trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. I will trust you, Lord. My life belongs to you, Lord. You are my firm foundation. He's appointed. from heaven Lord I thank you that you've called your church this church victory to be the head and not the tail to be the lender and not the borrower God to be mighty men and women of God for our generation 
God, I thank you, Lord, we would have the wisdom that Joseph had in his time. Lord, that we would walk in that wisdom, God, that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked in, that we fear only the King of Kings, that we bow down only to the King of Kings. God, I pray, Lord, that we would have the wisdom of Esther for such a time as this, God, rising up with courage, only fearing the Lord. God, I pray, Lord, for the wisdom of Deborah. God, to know in a moment's notice what to do, how to respond. Lord, I pray, God, for that wisdom that King David walked in, Lord, when he faced Goliath, that he didn't run from the giants, but he stood his ground. I pray in Jesus' name, God, for the wisdom, Lord, that you gave to Isaac in his generation, that he found new wells to dig. God, that he walked in prosperity even when the economy was not prospering. Lord, I thank you that the economy does not determine what you're going to do in the church, what you're going to do in believers' lives who rise up to trust you. Lord, to hear from heaven, to follow your word. Lord, that your wisdom delivers, protects, provides, directs our steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup overflows. He places you at a table before your enemies. And his goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name. I was talking with this pastor this last week and he said something to me. He said, Paul, he said, every year God keeps on continuing to do something new and fresh in me when it comes to dealing with the fear of man. I said, what's he doing now? He's like, He's helping me to stop listening to all the comments. He's like, just turn the comments off. And he's like, it is so freeing, man. And I, I just asked him, I said, what are you feeling? He says, I feel like I can finally hear his voice more than I hear everyone else's chatter, telling me what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to do it. I just encourage you, as you're listening to all the voices in your life, telling you what to do and how to do it and who to be, that you would most importantly, tune into the voice of God and say, God, who have you called me to be? What have you called me to do? What does your word speak to me? Out of the word of God, follow his word. He will never contradict his word. He'll speak to you from the word of God. He'll show you the wisdom laid out in scripture that he's given you. Lord, I pray, God, for peace for anyone that's in a storm right now. God, I pray, Lord, that you're calming anxiety right now, that it's got to go. I thank you, Lord Jesus, anyone that walked in here with circumstances that have been weighing heavily on their heart. God, I thank you that the path of wisdom allows us to lay our burdens at your feet. And God, that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. If it's heavy, it's not holy. So God, I pray, Lord, you would lift off that heavy burden, God, that any man is carrying right now. God, I thank you, Lord, that your goodness and mercy are greater than the guilt and shame that's been chasing that person in this room. Lord, that today your goodness and mercy are following that man, following that woman. God, I thank you, Lord, that today, God, Proverbs says, though a righteous man may fall seven times, he will rise again. I just speak to that person that feels down right now that you're getting back up. And God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your grace is strong enough, Lord, to get people back on the right path. God, to get, get us back on the right track. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Not my will, but your will be done. Renew my mind according to your word, according to your will, your purpose. 
I repent of sin and I receive your forgiveness. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. My hope is in you. My trust is in you. I lean not to my own understanding. I acknowledge you, Lord, and I thank you that you've placed me on the path of wisdom, the path of victory, and I will see the victory and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.